I have some news for you, sir. Yeah. I have submitted a story. Okay. I wrote it on my phone. All right. Specifically for an not an anthology, a quarterly journal. All right. Do you want to know the name of this journal? I might have told you this already. Tell me again. The Taco Bell Quarterly. Oh, okay. Yeah. You well, you sent me a link to the thing. And they pay one hundred dollars per story, and they are not affiliated with Taco Bell at all. Right. The I dug a little deeper into them, and it's just a bunch of artsy fartsy people who, I don't know. I guess they're being ironic, but something about corporate America. I don't know. I don't know exactly why they picked Taco Bell Quarterly, but they pay good money. And I said, hey, I could write a Taco Bell story. Well, it doesn't even have to be like Taco Bell like based or anything, right? It just that's... has to have Taco Bell mentioned, or even they even say in the guidelines something as simple as just bringing up a chalupa. Yeah, it just has to be something about Taco Bell has to be involved at some point. It doesn't have to be a plot line, or it could just be a passing. Hey, let's go to Taco Bell, you know. Mm. But I wrote a Taco Bell story. Do you want to hear the opening to my Taco Bell story? Well, can I guess like just the main theme of it is this guy just destroying the bathroom. Of a, of a of the Taco Bell, no, yes and no. <laughs> oh wow! My story, and you're not gonna get this from the opening. Turns to it, it turns out it's about a sad couple in this. It's not a Taco Bell. It's a poor taco. It's mm. a made up taco chain. At least I hope it's made up. But they're a, it's a couple inside of a taco place having a bad time. Their food is gross, and then it slowly devolves into you you kind of find out the girl had a miscarriage and that's why the relationship is on the rocks and then it ends where the guy trying to salvage this relationship and he exclaims you know what this place sucks let's actually go to taco bell <laughs> have a better time these tacos are like you know instead of eating these miscarriages we call it ta- oh, oh shit five. and he realizes he blows it and then I'll read you the last line of it, too. The very last line is, he made it all the way to the toilet but missed the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) But I threw a good metaphor in there before that so it makes better sense. But here's how this opens. Because I wanted to start off as ridiculous as possible before it hits you with the more serious stuff. And I wanted to be in such a way where it's so off-setting where you have one end is outrageously stupid, gross stuff, and then serious stuff and it just i don't know if it works but i enjoyed writing it wrote it very quickly too i think it ended up about 1300 words so my story is called because of taco Mm. because poor taco means because of taco oh Ah. i thought maybe they were gonna name the baby taco that would have been cool too but the baby didn't make it four spritzes of colon cologne soured the entire poor taco lobby it was a grade a beefer but there wasn't a single patron who gave the offensive rectal perfume a second whiff At the back end of the joint sat a down-in-the-dumps couple who weren't quite enjoying their mealy corn and meat foodstuffs. Why is it called poor taco, the young man asked before biting into an unpleasantly wet chicken taco. The entire shell of the young woman's taco broke into a million stale shards when she picked it up. Damn it, she said dejectedly. What did you say, Brody? This place. Brody went for a second bite, but upon seeing an off-white liquid oozing out of the paltry poultry, he thought better of it and put the taco back down. Why is it called poor taco? I don't know. She molded her semi-congealed and recently massacred taco into a neat meat mound. It was more broken than her dad's second family. Because of taco. What? She scooped up a palm full of food and bird pecked it out of her hand. It didn't improve the poor taco dining experience, but didn't make it worse either. It's what it means in Spanish. Because of taco. And then it goes on in such a way, but 
then you eventually get to the serious stuff. But I went with the very gross tacos. I like the colon cologne. The colon cologne <laughs> is a personal favorite. I like that it was a spritz of colon <laughs> cologne, the rectal perfume. But I think that'll uh, hit you just so you get into it going, this is going to be a ridiculous story. Yeah. And then you slowly, because th- th- that's the thing about the Taco Bell Quarterly, they want literary fiction. Mm. It's like, well, how can we do literary fiction that's also gross like Caleb likes? Yeah. Yes. We'll do both. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I submitted to them, and maybe I'll get 100 bucks, or maybe I'll get rejected by the Taco no, Bell no. quarterly, and then I don't know what I do with that story. They get sued by Taco Bell. You get <laughs> you get roped up into that lawsuit because they paid you for work. Ah, <laughs> oh, nutsacks. But I said good things about Taco Bell, so maybe they'll be all right with me. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll be cool, man. Yeah, could you imagine Taco Bell uh, suing a literary journal for taco stories? Yes. Yeah. Well, they use their logo, too. Like, I don't know how they get away with that. Is it made to talk about not trademark anything? Uh, I believe they do. <laughs> I believe Taco Bell trademarks everything, like every other corporation. Let me look up the Taco Bell logo real quick. Uh, you know, I look up the Taco Bell Quarterly. I think Taco Bell Quarterly is Taco Bell's old logo, actually. Mm, maybe that's what it is. And it has the TBQ on it, but it looks like their old logo, just the bell. Yeah. I don't think that's their logo. I think their logo's updated. It's still the bell, but I think it's... uh. Like everything else in this country, for some reason, it went into like this bland looking logo. Did you have to fight the urge of trying to find a way to work like Pete Davidson into your stories and others, others, she Taco Bell commercials? No, see, look at the Taco Bell logo now, it's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's so bland, lacks well, even like the restaurants. Taco Bell used to be fun, man, you know, they were colorful, and now that everything's bland, every fuck it, we we ran it about, I've ran it about this anyway. Every corporation, whether it's a McDonald's, Walmart, everything is just like this off brown and tan color. Everything is just they, they all everything looks the same. Why? What happened to colorful cheap. restaurants? Cheap. cheap. Yeah, but they tore them down to rebuild them as co- like cheap. Yeah. Like you remember like McDonald's used to just be collorful and fun mm-hmm. and I mean, we have the big dildo grimace, the butt plug grimace yeah. that's killing people with <laughs> the memes. Right. I love those memes. Yeah. All these horror memes about the milkshake. <laughs> Happy birthday grimace mm-hmm. and then it just something awful happens. Anyway, Spencer, do you know what we're going to be talking about on today's episode? You do, because I told you ahead of time. Yes, yes, I do. We're going to be ruining Stephen King books for people. Yeah. And I don't really care if they get mad. At least they had the cold open if they don't want to listen to the rest of the episode. True. And if you want to read more of that taco story, write to Taco Bell Quarterly and tell them to accept it. Went to Caleb Tacos. Tacos. Hey, that Caleb guy has a taco story. I want to read the rest of it. Yeah, so, yeah, taco. Publish tacos and burritos for my bin. <laughs> you are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing. Podcast. Almost forgot the name. That's pretty sad. That's not good. I do so many podcasts nowadays. I just can't keep it all together, you know? Getting big. Getting real big in the world. I am your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Dairy Dookie Decorator Church. I was going to say diarrhea, but that seemed... How do you decorate with diarrhea? I guess you could put it in one of those cake decorating squirter things. Maybe. Or you just put, like, things in it. I think it would be too wet. You're not thinking of the wetness. The wetness? Yeah, you're not thinking of the you wetness. You fool, you're not thinking of the wetness. Actually, he hits the hard bitch if you're thinking of the sunny clip. Yeah. You bitch, you didn't <laughs> think of the smell. Ah, <laughs> uh, my microphone working, Spencer? I don't know. It kind of works. Hello, Dolly. What's your name? 
I don't know. I don't know what's working and what's not. I don't care anymore. You're not going to delete any of that? Eventually. Oh, okay. Maybe. You're just yawning. Yeah, just do a big yawn right in the microphone. <laughs> you know what we're talking about, Spencer? What I mentioned doing? it in the cold open, but that could have been years ago. The fans don't know when we record these cold opens. No. It could be directly before the episode. It could be three days ago. We're just always in here. So according to my very detailed notes that I definitely took, we are covering the 20 best and worst Stephen King book endings. Yes. Well, I think like 10 of each. So. 10 each, yes. Yeah. So, if you're listening to this episode, here is your spoiler alert. We're going to ruin 20 <laughs> Stephen King books. Not just mildly give you a spoiler. We're going to ruin the yeah. whole... We're going to go just the endings. Yeah. Only the endings. So, if you don't want the endings ruin of your Stephen King books, this is your last chance to stop listening. All right. I think most of them are gone. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, I was uh, getting all up. At, no, no, sorry. Getting creepy. All right, Spencer, do you know what number... This isn't listed in numbers, even though it's numbered. It's not numbered. I hate that. They say it's numbered, but it's not numbered. So I'm just going to go... I think it does like the... Worst to best. Yeah. Or is it best to worst? Let me look. Okay, this is worst to best. Yeah. So what is the worst Stephen King ending of all time, Spencer? You'll have to be the one to tell me if these are actually as bad as uh, this list suggests. The Eyes of the Dragon. That's the one I've never read or I heard of it only recently. Yeah. It, it's like his only kind of like really um, fancy kind of story. No good or what? I mean, it's it's okay. You, you can kind of tell fancy isn't his strongest suit. The one thing I do like about it is it has a uh, Randall Flagg, uh, yeah, the, the guy from the Stand and the Doc Tyler series, is like the bad guy in it too. So, well, let's find out what makes this ending so erroneously bad, Spencer. All right, let's see. So it's uh, you have to like fairy tales and trick endings, apparently, to mm. like this ending. If you don't, you probably won't like this. Just as the heroes close in on the evil magician Flag in the novel's epilogue, the narrator pulls back promising to tell the story of their encounter at another time. Oh, mm. so if there's not a sequel, you're not going to get that story. Yeah, and I don't, there hasn't been any sequel to it. So it's upsetting because it's a non-ending, Maybe. which is lazy, unless yeah. there's actually a sequel coming, which I've never heard of one coming. Next up, Rose Matter, another one I have not heard of. So this is one of the weirder Stephen King ones from what I understand. Mm. Is it about a lady named Rosie who leaves her abusive husband, Norman, and starts over without him? Yep, that's, that's the one. It is. And she encounters a mysterious painting that leads to a fantastical alternate reality? Uh-huh. Yep, we're yep. on the same page then. Yep, that's what it is. All right, so why does this turn into a bad ending, Spencer? Can you get... It's probably been a long time since you read this. Yeah. I remember, I remember, but I can't... I, I remember, like, the husband dying, I, I do believe, but... Well, the problem is... She lures her abusive husband into a painting to get rid of him. So that's not so bad because he's a dickbag. But here's the bad part. She drugs and gaslights her new partner, Bill, to make him forget about Rose Matter's world. Uh, So it's basically the battered wife becomes the abuser. That's why it's a a bad ending. I I think that's kind of like a very... Realistic ending, maybe? Yeah, like... um. Just, I think that's a good character thing. They get, you know, that's like the the circle, you know, the circle is being complete. I think that's uh, what people get turned off about is, I think we discussed this maybe our last episode or the episode before, about turning your protagonist into an unlikable protagonist Mm -hmm. by the end. So 
If your protagonist turns into a character you dislike, then you have not su succeeded as an author unless you're writing literary fiction. But in this case, it sounds like you said, you know, the circle of abuse. Yeah. And you could even do a sequel where she's the bad guy. Mm. Da -da -da. The guy comes back out of the painting. Like, what the fuck? I've been in a painting for 15 years. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're going to agree with this one, but the next one, this is the third worst ever Stephen King ending, The Stand. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I can see, um, it's very con controversial. Well, it's the dose ex machina to the most ridiculous degree. Mm. I have not read The Stand, but from reading this, it says it ends with the hand of God appearing in the sky above a double crucifixion to set off a nuclear warhead and the end of the good guy's epic struggle against evil. So God saves the day. Though, you know what? Because I was just listening to one of the, the newest uh, KingCast episode, and they were actually, th them and the guest was talking about this book, and they were talking about the ending, and they brought up a point that I didn't really think about it, uh, you know, throughout this whole book, you know, you have Randall Flags, which is a terrible guy. He's, you know, he's basically like kind of like the devil. You know, he's the you know correct. And then you have Mother Abigail, who's this nice elderly black lady. You know, the good, like the angel. So you really have like angels versus demons throughout the kind of like the whole thing. And then to be like, well, then this hand, kinda, like you know what I mean? It's like if you're in for all that. Like, you know what the I mean? At the very end, you're going to be... Well, how did they do the uh, movie adaptation, the made-for-TV movie at the end? Oh, I, that old one? Did they one? have a hand? I can't remember how they did that old one. I just think, a shitty wrinkled hand comes out well, of the sky? I think they probably just did, like, some kind of, like, light explosion or something uh, like that. This is God. Like I was saying, it was if you're... Because, like, they don't, like, they don't have, like... People are having, like, nightmares and dreams of, like, these two characters telling them to either come to these two places. So it's, like, it's very, like spiritual and like supernatural anyways so it's like if you're in for all that uh, you know it, it's kind of like if you're in if you're into it for that much like that shouldn't really t shouldn't be the yeah. thing to take take you out of, out of it the next up is wizard and glass uh what book is this the dark tower uh doesn't say which fourth, one but it's one of them fourth i think apparently this one is a real slog not the best one I'm actually going to have to read more of this because this one has uh, some detail to it. So part of the reason for this uh, being a bad ending goes with the novel's framing story, which begins with Roland and his catet caught in a deadly game of riddles with Blaine the Mono is far more intriguing than the lengthy flashbacks to Roland's mm -hmm. youth it surrounds. Uh, we're in un inundated with Wizard of Oz references as the gunslinger and his posse traveled through Kansas with the Emerald City literally hovering in the distance. But we only get to see the city and the wizard in person at the very end of the novel, at which point they promptly disappear. It's disappointing, to mm. say the least. Sounds kind of like fucking horseshit to me. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, it is that one. It's like, this is what you, the one that uh, they, they were saying. You get, you kind of finally get the backstory because you don't really get Roland's backstory for the first couple of novels. Right. Uh, and it is kind of like like they were saying, like you you get this big like the the book before it ends tensely with this big you know riddle of of like you know and this train that's telling these riddles and they're in da danger and it's like and then the next book that comes out this whole big backlash it's just like oh well it's good but it's just like that's not what I wanted yeah. when I was read got done reading the last book. Uh, the next one, as far as my recollect, Stephen King doesn't even like this book, The Tommy Knockers. Yeah. Uh, it's a 
it's an alien novel. I think I watched it was a movie. I have one of those like, TV, TV movies. movies. Yeah. I remember seeing when I was real little and it was like aliens and I was like, this is kind of dumb. So, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Smits was the main character. Jimmy Smits. Yeah, uh, I forgot about Jimmy Smits. So uh, basically, the ending is a spacecraft leaves Earth for good thanks to the heroic efforts of one hard drinking, self sacrificing poet. The remaining Tommyknockers, town folk who became something else under the aliens' influence, begin to kill themselves one by one until the cal- cavalry arrives. By the time U.S. intelligence and military forces are done with them, only a handful of Tommyknockers remain, and all of them die in the shop. It's a rush, too tidy ending for such a sprawling novel. So basically, the novel's actually not bad, just the ending really yeah. dwindled down to nothing. Uh, next up, another controversial one, which I like the movie, uh, Dreamcatcher. I like the movie... And I like the book. Well, you're wrong. It I sucks. Know. It's garbage. Everyone hates it. I know. This is uh, He wrote this right after his accident. It's the yeah. first book he wrote after his accident. You know, we always say his accident. No, the accident happened to him. It wasn't his fault. Right. It wasn't like he slipped and fell. He got hit by a fucking drunk driver. Uh, Dreamcatcher isn't everyone's cup of tea, Spencer. Did you know that? Yes, actually, yes. It's another alien story, but it has a lot of parallels to it, from what I remember. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But uh, the, the we'll get to the crux here. Uh, so, ignoring the fact that the main characters hail from Derry, Maine, unfortunately, Dreamcatcher also shares some of the problems found in the Green Mile. Namely, that a marginalized character with magical powers, in this case, Duddits, a telepathic young man with Down syndrome, sacrifices himself to save a world that has largely been nothing but cruel to him. Just from when I read this last time, this article, this uh, author seems to be upset with Stephen King's use of, like, the magical black guy trope and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I guess it's the magical Down syndrome guy. Yeah. But I guess he just doesn't like uh, marginalized groups being used as the magical appeasement to help and save Whitey or whatever. So, Which but, I guess I can understand. But, like, that's not an actual kid with Down syndrome. It's like an, an alien. An alien. It's not a kid with the Down syndrome. Yeah, like, but okay. In the movie, it wasn't played by an actor with Down syndrome, if I remember correctly. No, I don't believe so. So that's the bullshit, right? Yes. Yeah, we should be upset about that. I just realized my chair's so busted up anymore. I'm always leaning back. That had such a good cast in it, though. Yeah, it was. It was a good movie. I, it wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't the greatest, but I didn't think it was a bad. I movie. mean, Morgan Freeman was in it. Shit, He's a bad guy. Shit weasels. She has shit weasels. Okay, this one you might not agree with. Under the dome brother yeah no i could see it because it was again kind of like it's another one of those big like over a thousand pagers and you had all this room and it did kind of rush to an ending that it didn't do it like a really good job of explaining uh basically what it dwindles down to is you have this town in maine that's encapsulated by a big dome yes perpetrated by teenage aliens I believe they can. That's what they kind of allude to, but you never like get a hundred percent. Yeah. And then the ending is basically, um, they just ask nicely. Yeah, they're like pleading for. Did you open the the thing? And they're like, okay, and that's the end. So that does kind of suck. Was such a sprawling novel. But it it was really good though. Like, I really did enjoy that enjoy that novel when I read it. Next up, and I'll disagree with this one to the grave. Actually, I haven't read the story, so I don't know if it's uh, good. I just really like the movie, The Green Mile. Yeah, this I, this one, his his main the critique was that the uh, I don't even know if this is a male author. I'm uh, uh, assigning gender, which is wrong of me, but you it, bigoted fuck. Yeah, but it's just again, you know, the magical black guy trope is John Coffee saves these 
whiteies who really did nothing to for them, like or for him. He just you know. But does, like I but I always look at that as like that just shows you like the more like the character of John Coffey. Yeah, that's how, what such, I thought too. Of how such a good person that he is, and two to the fact like. He also does then end up like um, like killing the other one guy in jail. Yeah, too. So he's not perfect. Uh, next up, Cujo, the dog with the rabbis. That makes a lot of rabbis. Sense. Yeah, he gets real Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh wait, that's the wrong Cujo. <laughs> he gets the curls. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a better movie. Instead of rabies, he got rabbis. <laughs> he got bit by a rabbi and becomes super super Jewish. Instead of like instead of just like the the the, the rabies foam, it's just like that the phlegm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then instead of barking, he just goes, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Spencer can make these jokes. He's 105% Jewish. No. No, he's not. He doesn't even wear a yarmulke. So basically this uh, St. Bernard that gets bit by a rabies carrying bat becomes a rabies. He, he goes from good boy to bad boy. Yeah. But, I mean, can you blame him? So basically the ending of this is bad because it's a tragedy and Cujo dies at the end, which obviously he's going to die as rabies. Mm-hmm. Why does that make it bad? I didn't read the book. Is it a bad ending in your opinion? I mean, it's bad of an ending as a, a story about a dog with super rabies tormenting a, mm-hmm. a mother and her child. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the um, I'm surprised not that because I'm pretty sure it's the the mo- the the book the child dies at the end. Well, I I'm didn't... pretty sure I can't remember if it because I think they switched it because I think in the movie the child survives. I think. It just yeah. says it, yeah. It just says it ends in a, it's a, not a horror; it's a tragedy. Yeah, then yes, yeah, so then part so, of the baby. But it didn't yeah, say anything about the baby dying. But We're maybe not... they didn't want to sound like a puss. Yeah, suppose you gotta kill that kid. Yeah. Next up is it, and I know why this one gets the bad ending. Yeah. Everyone knows by now. Uh, it another sprawling, great Stephen King novel, but this one ends in a child sex orgy, the ritual of Chud. That uh, is really fucked up. It probably should have never been written like that. No, probably not. They probably should have done anything else but that to <laughs> seal their bond of friendship. Instead of run a train on the little... Uh, a lot of cocaine went into that story. Now we're on to the best. Yeah. You know what? I'm surprised, though, real quick, that the Dark Tower entry, like that was the one that they picked. I'm really surprised they didn't pick the ending for the last Dark Tower series. Oh, Spencer, have you not read this whole list? No, well, I skimmed through some of it. Then maybe you'll be surprised, Spencer. Oh, wow. Because now we're on to the 10 best. I'm a, a spoiler within the spoilers. You yeah, like that, brother? Spoilers are everywhere to be all around. Sometimes you got to have a spoiler within the spoiler. I tell you, Spencer... Oh yeah. So first up on the best endings, Pet Cemetery. That was one of my next books of Stephen King's I was supposed to read, but I keep skipping over and reading other shit. Yeah. Uh but basically, and I know it goes by the movie as well, uh, because his kid Gage gets hit by a truck and dies and he buries him in the pet cemetery. Yeah. But that boy ain't quite fresh and he come back dead and sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. So he comes back, and he's a little asshole, uh, and they got to put him down. And he also buries the cat who got hit, and the cat comes back, and the cat's also an asshole. But you don't really know. It's a cat, so. I mean, it could have, but it's gross, too. Yeah. It's gross. So the dude's, uh, the fella here, his wife dies, and then what does he have the bright eye doing? What's his bright idea, Spencer? He's going to go in there and get his wife and go put her in that graveyard. He's going to go put her in that pet cemetery. (laughs) And you know what happens when he puts her in that? Because she's fresher. 
Yeah. So he's like, well, if she's fresh, she won't come back so gross. She yeah. didn't die a gross death like the others. She didn't get run over. She's not mangled. So she might be all right. So he goes and puts her in that damn near pet cemetery. And then it ends with her coming back. And I think she says, hi, darling, or something, from what yeah, I remember. something like that, yeah. And maybe puts a hand, a gross hand, probably, on his shoulder, and then that's where it ends. It doesn't show you or tell you what happens, but you, you know she's evil. Yeah. She's still evil. Probably has bad morning breath. Breath of the grave. Needful Things is up here as the next entry, Spencer. I would agree with that. That was a really good book. A malevolent entity moves into an idyllic small town and shakes things up by sowing discord and turning neighbor against neighbor. It's interesting. So this one ends. Few good people in Castle Rock, Maine, manage to see through the evil shopkeeper's ruse and run them out of town. The book, the book's The End or Is It epilogue proves that you can't keep a bad man down and deliciously so. So it's one of those the eye opens at the end kind of deals. It's I've, like, oh, he's dead. No, he's not. You know, so they think they get rid of the guy, the bad entity, but he's not. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's one of those kind of things. It's like, oh, we got him out of this town, but he, you know. Go somewhere else. Yeah, because he, well, he was someplace else before they sh- he showed up there, like, you know, so. Like, when we start launching garbage into space, it's just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be gone. Uh, Next up is Wolves of the Kala. I might be saying that one wrong. Kala? Yeah, Kala, I think is how it so this is his version of like the Magnificent Seven Samurai story. This is as close as you'll get to a Stephen King samurai tale. So this is the fifth Dark Tower book. Yeah. And uh, I'm not even going to go into the synopsis. Let's just go to the ending. How about that? All right. It introduces Stephen King as a writer character in the Dark Tower canon uh-huh. and harkens back to Roland and Eddie, Eddie's earliest adventures with Susanna, who goes missing at the end of the novel. Mm-hmm. So you get a Stephen King cameo in a Stephen King book. Yep. That's why it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Wastelands. Remember that? Oh yeah, well they're just throwing all the all the Dark Tower books in here. That's got a spooky train, don't it? I think so. Isn't that the end of the fucking thing? Is a spooky train? Maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, because I think it's that one, and then because I think that's the book that leads into the one that that guy didn't like previously. Yeah. So they go to an ancient city. The the Roland and his mm-hmm. gang, I guess. They go to an ancient city run by it's a rival Cartet. Ca- Cotet, shut up! I don't like the cotet. I thought that was some Superman's like brother or something when I read that. <laughs> An ancient city run by rival gangs who are deeply entrenched in a years-long war. There they meet Blaine the Mono, a sentient high-speed train who became mentally ill following his companion's suicide. It's hard being a train. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Planning to go down in a blaze of glory, Blaine agrees to take them as far as they need to go, but only if they can beat him in a game. If they fail, he's going to take them out of this world with them. So it ends with you not knowing if they're going to live or die. Yeah. Flip that coin with the crazy train. And there was like a, there was a big gap of time in between. Six years. Yeah, in between the, those two books. 11, 22, 63. I, li- I like I this book a lot, too. So this was about a young man who goes back in time to stop the Kennedy assassination, from what I remember. I think this yeah. was all, was this a, this wasn't a movie. It was like a, a Hulu, like a Hulu miniseries or okay. something Okay, I remember that. like seeing the, the trailer or something for it. So there's a time traveler portal in a burger joint, and basically this is good. It's not a detailed ending here. It says if you like Captain America's MCU story arc, you're going to love Jake and Sadie's story, the characters of this. So I'm guessing the guy turns and he lives out his life again and is happy with the outcome. Well, so because like, see, because like what happens when he goes back in time, it's like when he goes through that porter, he always goes back to like the same point. 
So, like, say then if he went back to the present and he went back again, he would go to the same point. Every time. So then he goes there, and it's like a couple of years before the assassination attempt. So every time he goes there, he has to stay there and, like, plan and stuff. And, like, where he's in the past, he, like, falls in love with this with this lady that, you know, with this lady back then. And, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Like, But, yeah, it messes around with... um. With, you know, the whole time travel trope and changing things and, mm. and stuff like that. Uh, the next one, this is an interesting one, uh, Misery, because the book version is a way more grisly ending than the novel version. So the book version... Um, you mean the movie way is way more... I mean, yeah, the, the movie version is uh, not as gruesome as the novel version. Yeah. Because in the novel version, well, for those who don't know Misery, and I don't know why you would... Basically, uh, Annie Wilkes, who is a crazy super fan, gets a Paul. Her favorite writer happens to like crash into her mm. yard or something or other, and she kidnaps him basically and keeps him hostage and makes him write a new book just for her. And then she tortures him, breaks his legs. In the book, I think she cuts off his legs or his ankles. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, cuts the feet off. In the movie, it's just the hobbling scene. Uh, then in the movie, though, he eventually is able to get away. In the book, I believe he is murdered. I don't believe he gets to get away. Uh, no, I don't believe so. No, I think he survives. I think he ends up like murdering her, I think. Well, let's see what this has to say. Any systematic torture mutilation of Paul is far more gruesome here than in the 1990 film adaptation, and Paul's final fight from his captor keeps readers on the edge of their seats, even if they already know what's coming round the bend. Doesn't say. I could have sworn, and I never read the book, but I could have sworn the book version he also, I thought he croaked, but maybe he doesn't. Mm. Maybe you're right. Maybe what it because I I remember there being a scene like him in the like he's like at a dinner like with his agent afterwards and like I think they were talking about maybe like you know because you know now he has all this heat from you know oh yeah so they could turn that in and I think he has I remember him like thinking he sees her and maybe that maybe he dies from that like maybe he you know he we'll research after the next one is Lizzie's story Lizzie's story yeah. Um, this is a, this is, that's a very weird one. It's about a single woman, a famous writer's widow who lures the man stalking her into a magical other world to die. He likes the magical other world with the the stalkers and the bad guys. Uh, Only this time the world is connected directly to the woman's late husband who died with many painful secrets about his own past. The result is a profound meditation on the depths of grief, enduring love and human connection. We are back with the Dark Tower. This is the Dark Tower. So he, this person picked the ending of the Dark Tower as one of the best endings of all time. And the ending is, from what I remember, circular, right? So it just ends with the first scene from the first novel. Kind of, yeah. So let me break it around here for you. So Roland gets to the Dark Tower. Opening the the door of the Dark Tower leads him back to the desert from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time, however, Roland has the Horn of Eld. So he basically has been just on this endless journey where he just keeps circling. You know, he keeps going through the tower and ends up at the beginning where he forgets everything because he has the Horn of Eld, an artifact he lost in his youth, which may hold the key to completing his mission. The ending of the Dark Tower is the beginning. The man in the black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, but but that's what surprised me because like a lot of people... Or the other way around, right? a lot of people hated that. Like, hey, that they get them, they read them, they're like, what? Really? That's it? That, like, you know what I mean? And they don't, you know, they don't take the time to really think about it, but. Well, this person liked it. Yeah. 
Uh, next up is Revival. This is his H.P. Lovecraft most influenced story, mm-hmm. at least the one I've read. Very H.P. Lovecraft influenced. It's the story of lifelong relationship between Charlie, a young preacher obsessed with finding electricity's untapped potential, and Jamie, one of his earliest parishioners and patients. Uh, and you go through both of their lives in a fun way. Not so much fun. There's a lot of heroin addiction and stuff. Yeah. But it ends when Charlie finally gets, because his wife dies and he wants to go to the other world, you know, mm-hmm. heaven or whatever he thinks on the other side. He finally gets there. He gets to see it. And um, what's his fate? Anyone that was electrocuted by this guy, because he has electric power, they all end up going crazy or dying mm-hmm. too. But our main character also sees the other world. And it is this H.P. Lovecraft nightmare yeah. where everyone in humanity who dies ends up naked in a long chained line led by these hideous giant ants. Yeah. And there's just these eldritch gods in the sky somewhere just yucking it up, I guess, just loving it. And it is terrible. Yeah. It is one of the most horrifying endings I ever saw because everyone whether you believe in this or not is destined for that and it's very like uh that was very out of left field from what the majority of the book was yeah uh you know i mean there was hints at it throughout but you never got it It was going to be eldritch horror right yeah never going to be cosmic horror because like you know you you say the hp lovecraft like influence like but it's all at that end you really don't get much but even before that it goes like full frankenstein at the end right yeah like lightning and bringing an animate reanimated corpse back Mm -hmm. and all this shit Uh, then we just hp lovecraft yeah uh yeah we both really like that that book so do you want to know what the greatest Stephen King ending of all time is, according to this? No. Salem's Lot. Huh. All right, so let's see. Salem's Lot, one out in the end, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so King perfectly nails the kind of open endings that cause banana peel face plants in the eyes of the dragon and cell. One year after they watched everyone in town succumb to the vampire invasion, survivors Ben and Mark return to Jerusalem's Lot, Maine. Now it goes town in the light of day to finish what they started. It's a pitch-perfect close to a chilling vampire story. So they picked a non-ending as the best. Right, well, it was like a non-ending earlier was, you know, was not. Yeah, we even mentioned it, so that's uh, interesting. So on your personal level, what would you pick as just some of your worst and best? I mean, they could be from the list, but just yeah. you don't have to go through them all. Just like, what, what's your worst and what's your best, if you can... Regale us with your. Let's see. Oh, I really like any like the outsider or any of the uh, Mister Mercedes uh, trilogies of book. Each one of those ended pretty well, uh, I do believe. So I'm trying to think of some things that maybe weren't already on the list, just to try to you know get some new new flavor in there. You were right about that uh, misery. He there's a scene where he's getting like run over by a lawnmower or something. I thought that was I thought he, got, he, he croaked, but he doesn't bite it. It was the ending you said. With oh, yeah. the, but he does see her and you mm. know he's on drugs and stuff. Like I agree with that guy. Like I like kind of like the ending of the of the Dark Tower. I wish they would do more though. That'd be nice. Like somehow more like, Dark Tower. Yeah, more Dark Tower. Uh, darker Tower. Darker Tower. I'm having I'm I'm having a hard time with things. Like I remember like I, like I remember really liking dead zone but i can't remember how the like the ending of that though i think it ended ended pretty good i'm surprised uh like the shining's not on there shining was a pretty solid ending yeah um i'm surprised that's not on there i mean even kind of like carrie too 
Yeah. With the with like the uh, and, and taking everybody out and stuff like that. So the solid ending as an you know, it's an actual ending. Right. I would go personally just from all the Stephen King I've read, I would go for Revival. Yeah. I think Revival was my favorite. Shawshank's a good one too if we go short stories. I don't know yeah. if we count those or novellas, but I like that one as well. Uh I mean well he did do the Green Mile, so I haven't read the Green Mile, so I don't know if the ending is the same as No, the but book. but I mean just as like the story length. Oh yeah. Right. I would like to know what our fans think. Yeah. If you listen this long, why don't you reach out to us and let us know what your favorite and least favorite Stephen King endings are? There are some stinkers out there. Yeah. Though. There's so I feel I mean, I guess I think a, a big portion of what makes the, some of those endings bad was that the book was so long. And then the ending was kind mm-hmm. of a dud. If the book wasn't so long and it was that kind of ending, you probably wouldn't care. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you can reach out to us at DPW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and maybe eventually Blue Sky if that ever opens up. Yeah, What's the I new would, one? Facebook uh, Threads. What's that? That's uh, Facebook just unleashed oh, their Twitter killer. Oh, I was gonna say, is that the thing that's causing the fight between the two? Yeah. So Facebook, uh, Meta, I guess Meta Threads, or just I think it's just Threads, but it just looks like a boggier version of Twitter. Yeah. So uh, just get rid of it all. Yeah, just get rid of it all. Uh, you can follow Spencer on his OnlyFans. Uh, what are you, the Dairy Dookie Duty. Decorator yes, Church? Yes. yes. I was yes. gonna say. I was gonna say lots of things. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at CalebJamesK.com to see what I'm up to. Maybe see if I got published in Taco Bell Quarterly <laughs> and get a hundred bucks. And, and I, ju- just in, t- in, uh, in Taco Bell gift cards. I won't even spend that hundred bucks. I'll put it in the studio. <laughs> They'll probably send it to me in gift cards yeah. to Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we thank you for listening and we will check you next week.